0: For all things ATL. ATL! ATL, ATL, For for everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peach Street Football. Make sure you like this podcast, download the podcast, and subscribe to Peach Street Football wherever you get your podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify, we're on the Odyssey app. Wherever you listen to your podcast, Peach Street Football is there. Bo Morgan, what's going on, man? We're getting closer and closer to Christmas time, and I'm keep hearing, you know, people. Aren't, aren't done with their Christmas shopping, Bo. Are you one of those folks? Uh I've got like I've got to go pick up some gift cards, but other than that, I'm done. Okay. I'm the I'm literally the the exact same way. I gotta pick up some gift cards for uh Simone's for Simone's family, but other than that, I am Benito. So um I knew I knew you and I would be on the same page. We're 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 fairly organized people. <laughs> <laughs> well I, it you know I had to
1: actually buy more gifts this year than normal. Normally I get a lot of Ooh. gift card ass, mm-hmm. but it's um
0: wasn't the case this year. Well, good thing that uh that assistant brand manager money is coming through since you Not really. gotta buy you gotta buy more gifts, you know? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> All right, Bo. Well, we do have some uh football to talk about here and uh we we got a lot to get into today. So I wanna start first um with a little bit of News because unfortunately, on Sunday, Caleb Huntley was injured. You know, a uh, kind of the thing people were, you know, slightly talking about was, you know, why didn't Caleb Huntley, you know, see the field a lot on, uh, on Sunday? And that was actually because he went out with an injury. I believe it was that he got injured after his, his first carry, right? Is, is that correct? Which was like on one of the first plays of the game. Yeah. He's, um, he's
1: so he got hurt. Um, and then he came back. After, no, he no, he never left. He, he never stayed left. on because his first play, they wanted to, um, they wanted to go hurry up and tempo. So he got oh, hurt, and he just right. stayed on the field to go tempo. Yep. And then um, after he's off, you you see him being carried off. Uh, Therefore, to sometime thereafter. So you know a little bit, a lot of toughness because an Achilles tear is is one yeah. of the more, um, one of the more brutal injuries that a lot of times that the pain threshold really takes you down. Those are ones that just pop and they pop and they're gone. Um, there are cases where they don't pop all the way through and they shred. Um, but they're still extremely painful. That's ACL is the same way. Um, and ACL is one that can pop clean. Uh, but there's also ones where they tear You can tear it multiple times and it just shreds up my ACL. If you saw my ACL, (sighs) um, no, it was, it was, it was a long time ago and probably, di- well, no, no doubt it's different technology the way the surgery was done. Cause it was 20 years ago, but they did a video, they did uh pictures of mine and, and you could see, um, you basically saw a strand that was much smaller than my pinky mm-hmm. and you could just see pieces of it shredded and then wow. little, knots, little knots where it kind of yeah. knotted up as it was shredding and rolling up or some, something like that. But yeah. Wow. So it, it's like it's it's who he is. He's um, he runs. His personality is uh, of who he is as a person. Is is what the way he plays a, a tough, no nonsense kind of guy. And he knew what was best for the team, and he he did what was best for the team to stay out there. So I uh, you know hat off to, to to Huntley for staying in there when he, um, because he knew that was what the team wanted to do. That was what the team wanted to go go hurry up. And so he he sacrificed. You got to respect that.
0: Yeah, much respect to Caleb Huntley for staying in there. Like you said, after an Achilles tear, I know that had to be quite painful. So just the fact that he was able to stay in there and did that for the, the benefit of the team, I mean, says a lot about Caleb Huntley, you know, not only as a football player, but just as a person. So shout out to Caleb Huntley. And, you know, we're all wishing him a speedy recovery. But yeah, I mean, just just hearing about, you know, ligaments popping and tearing, shredding and knotting. I mean, whew, that's that sounds painful. But with the injury to Caleb Huntley, it does bring me to this point because Tyler Algier, we he looked really, really, really good on Sunday, but when really just over the last, really second half of the season, I mean, he's looked great to be honest. Certainly, um, seventeen carries. I should have and then I'm pulled up seventeen carries, I believe, one hundred thirty-nine yards um, and a touchdown for uh, for Algier on Sunday and. Arthur Smith has done a very good job of pretty much making it almost kind of pretty even. I mean, only three carries separated Algier and uh, Patterson on Sunday, 17 for Algier and 14 for Patterson on Sunday, I believe. And he's done a really good job of keeping their carries even. I, though, I want to see more of Tyler Algier at the running back spot. And I don't want to completely, you know, remove Cordell Patterson from the running back spot. But I would like to use him more like San Francisco uses Debo. And I know they use him, you know, at, at the running back spots a lot. Um, But I would just like – and I know they kind of did it on on Sunday. They gave him some swing passes. I believe they let him run a deep route as well. But I just wish we – I wish we would do more of that. I wish the Falcons would do more of that and use him more of in a Debo role uh, a, a lot more throughout the game. Do you think – is that is that a thing we're going to start to come to because of the, the real emergence by Tyler Algier or – is it going to kind of be, you know, what what we've been seeing? You know, you know, maybe 14 carries for one week. It's 14 carries for Patterson, 11 for Algier. And then, like, this week, 17 carries for Algier, 14 for Patterson. And they kind of just follow who the hot hand is. Or do you think they'll start to spread Patterson out a little bit and move him around a little bit more?
1: Well, I thought they tried to do some of that Sunday a little bit. Right. Um, no, look, I've it's it's a fill. And yeah. whoever is – you know, with these running backs in today's game, unless you have a Derrick Henry, uh, or you know, there are a few players in that similar realm. Yeah. it's by committee, and right. you're not gonna just going to hand a guy thirty the ball thirty times. And, and remember, Algiers a rookie. Yeah, and the whatever people tell you, the rookie wall is real. Mm-hmm. They're not used to playing this many games. It's a long NFL season. Luckily, that the bye came when it did maybe help some of these guys, but no, I think you're going to see a lot more of the same. I think they've tried to use Patterson in some of those situations, but this is also a team that doesn't want to throw it a lot. They're not set up to throw. They're not built to throw. Um, It's not their strength. Arthur Smith has said it every which way, but the way that, but, but the fans will never listen. And, and the media never listens. They, you know, I'd love to see CP a little bit more like that. I I think, I think in every, for every crucial snap. You know, any important third down, and, and you can say they're all important, but if there's a big third down or um, a red zone play, I think some way, same shape or form, CP should be in on those plays because I think even if he doesn't touch the ball, he can draw attention. Uh, but I think you have to be careful, and you, you, you basically have Algier and Patterson now. Right now, as today is constructed today, the roster, you have three running backs, and Avery Williams is a guy you're not going to give 15 to 20 carries to Um, he's not that's not he's not built for that and it's not really what you know you want you you want from him because you also he's he's very very important on the special teams in many ways not just a return guy so I'd love to see a little bit of it I just don't think you're gonna see it like people want to see I think it's gonna be more of a Uh, of of the same of what we've seen. And look, I think if Algier is running like he ran last week, he's going to get more of the carries. You know, you go with hot hands in these situations. And it's, I know sometimes it's kind of hard for fans to fathom that, but the coaches are going by feel, you know, and if you, if if one guy's played well and you have a, you, you, you have a good feeling about with that, with him, you're not gonna, you're not gonna change. You know, you're gonna, I think Algier got more carries last week because he was the hot hand. He was filling it. And, um, you know, there's nothing that tells me that they're going to not do that.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, they've kind of showed you all year long that it's going to be a a committee situation. They're not going to overwork just one running back. And Arthur Smith even talked about that either yesterday or Monday um basically saying that is that he's glad you know they've been in a situation where they haven't had to put too much workload on one sole running back so i think that's something that they value and uh with that being said that's going to be it's going to be something they continue to do where they you know use a a run running backs by committee so i agree with you you know it's just when you when you see a guy do that you know you you gotta get you get a little antsy you know you you start shaking and your fingers start twitching and twinkling and all that stuff and you want to just want to see more of that guy and see, you know, all what he can do. But at the same time, you know, you you see it doesn't take, you know, 30 carries like like you were saying or 25 carries or anything like that for a guy to have an impact on a game. You know, it, it, it can take, you know, a 12, 11, you know, 14, 15 carries and a guy can, you know, put up the numbers that Algier put up or or, or even CP, you know, can can be a, can can do those type of numbers on, you know, a limited amount of carries. So it's been working. The running game's been working all year long. There's really no need to uh, to change what they've been doing. So, uh, salute to the Atlanta Falcons and their running game. But, moving on, I do uh, also want to ask you another question. Because before we started, Squid Billy, you gave me a very interesting number. That number was 82. That is the snap percentage that Troy Anderson got last week. Is that that, that correct?
1: Yeah, he put eighty-two percent of the defensive snaps last mm-hmm. week, um, which would have been forty-five, which was a career high for him. It's 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 mm-hmm. it was a jump. But the the corresponding move
0: mm-hmm. is
1: Michael Walker, who has been your starter, mm-hmm. his, his snap count when he only got 13 defensively, and which went down to 24%. Now, you know, Michael Walker is a guy, when you look at it, who has um, really been yeah, hell I think he's the second leading tackler on this team behind he is behind Rashawn Evans. Mm-hmm. Um and this is the guy that was playing hundred percent of defensive snaps at some points in the game mm-hmm. of, of the mm-hmm. season this year. And, you know, you've seen him, he's gone down over the last over the last month or two, but he still played right at seventy five percent uh against the Steelers and now you're seeing him at a measly thirty uh twenty four percent. That's that's a big jump. I think part of that is the fact look, I I like Michael Walker. I think he's made some, some great plays. Um but um at the same point you you look at it and, and I just feel like he's a guy that's that's made a lot of mistakes this year and it's been overlooked oh, okay yeah. for some reason. I feel like he's a guy that has been out of position at times, um, has been overzealous to make a play and has missed plays. And I think they believe more in Troy Anderson of with him, of what his his build, his athletic, because um, him and Michael Walker are on the same size. He's a little bit bigger than Michael Walker, you know, 164, 235, and, and Walker, 63, 230. But his speed and his, uh, his instincts are a lot better than you would think for that guy. Now he's been out of position at times, but I think Troy Anderson was is is one of these guys that everybody's wanted to see, and and people don't you know that they, they always they always mention certain people, but he's a guy for some reason that no one's mentioned. He's really starting to get a lot of time, and I I think he's playing okay. Look, wasn't perfect last week. He's got to be better at, at in some things, but the more he's on the field, the better for the Falcons' future.
0: Hmm interesting you you got to what i was starting to get at squid bill and i'm glad you went there because if you didn't say it my next question was going to be well who's going to get less playing time who's you know wh- what snaps are getting uh taken away from who you know is it Rashawn evans getting less snaps which i'm glad it's not because Rashawn evans has been playing very very well this year in my opinion like you said leading tackler for the atlanta falcons but i understand why it's michael walker like you said at times he makes great plays we're like yes way to go michael walker that was great that was a clutch play we needed that and at times like you said we're scratching our head like why are you doing that michael like why why are you why are you at times it just seems like like you said he's trying to play hero ball and he's too worried about making a play rather than doing his job and committing to his assignment now again he is not like that all the time but there there have been you know maybe one too many times where we we've heard that and seen that from from michael walker so it's very interesting. And that, you know, could could be like you guys say on Dukes and Bella developing story, you know, because now are, are we getting to a point where, you know, uh, Troy Anderson become the starter? And, you know, I'm looking ahead into to the future a little bit here, Squid. But are we going to see a situation where, you know, Rashawn Evans is on a one year deal? Do we maybe bring him back and then go with, you know, outside backers of. Guys like, you know, on the outside, we go with guys like, you know, Malone, Nebuchadnezzar. And then on the inside, we, we have Rashawn Evans and, and Troy Anderson. You know, is we'll this look at something like that? And maybe, you know, Michael Walker is a backup or, you know, who knows? But yeah, that, that is very interesting that uh, Troy Anderson had, had took a big jump and then Michael Walker took such a big step down. I think that could be pretty telling about, you know, where the future of this linebacker core is, is headed. Now, again, it's only one game. And Michael Walker still have been playing a lot, but I think that's something to look out for here, Bo. You, you brought up something pretty interesting. I think that 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 could be something to look out for uh, in the future. Yeah, I mean,
1: one of the moves that you have to worry about or think about if you're looking if you're Terry Fontenot and uh, Ryan Pace and I think Kyle Smith is one of the other personnel guys. Is hey. What do you do with Rashawn Evans? Right. One-year deal guy.
0: Mm-hmm. He's
1: played well. Kind of been that foyer Aluakin-type player this year. Right. Leading the team in tackles. Always kind of where he needs to be. Um, that seems to be a kind of guy you you don't want to lose next year.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm and thinking. Veteran presence, too. I mean, around a kind of a, a younger defense, he's he's a veteran guy as well.
1: Well, yeah. Look at all the first and second and third-year players. Um as much as we love AJ third year yeah. Richie Grant who who made a debacle of a of a gamble Sunday mm-hmm. second year player Darren Hall who's played a lot this year second year player Jalen Hawkins third year player um you know D Alford, guy who's had some good some good times here first year player D Malone my uh Michael, uh is a rookie Troy Anderson rookie Eva Cady, rookie, Ogan Daisy, second year, Evan, uh, not Evans, but excuse me, Michael Walker, third year. I mean, there's a lot of young guys. And yeah. your defensive front essentially needs an overhaul in a lot of ways as well, because you right. got Big Grady. But the rest of these guys, as much as I love the way Abdul Anderson's played, and all my guys up front, Jalen and Timmy and 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 yep. and, and uh excuse me, and and Jalil, I mean, as much as I love all those guys. They're depth guys. They're not starters. No. And they're and a lot of those guys are playing a lot of starter starter snaps. So percentages. Yep. So,
0: you know, there's a lot to look at there. Yeah. There's a lot to look at. And like you said, decisions to be made, you know. When when you're talking about who you want your starters to be, specifically, like you said, that linebacker core that we're talking about, is Michael Walker a starter? Or is it basically is this spot gonna get taken by Trey Anderson? That's the point we're getting at. Like you know, do, do you choose Michael Walker, a, a younger guy? Do you choose him and go with Troy Anderson and Michael Walker? Or do you bring back Rashawn Evans? And do you like let Michael Walker kind of be a reserve guy or a rotational guy who isn't necessarily starting? So that, that's the decision the Atlanta Falcons are going to have to make and something to look out for as we uh, move along out of this season, out of the regular season into the offseason. But we do have regular season games still to talk about, Bo. And with that, Let's go ahead and take our first look at the Baltimore Ravens. The number one thing, Bo, right off the bat, that we obviously are keeping an eye on is the status of Lamar Jackson. Because, you know, I don't care what anybody says. If he plays versus him not playing, that's a big difference. And it completely changes, I think. I mean, I know Tyler Huntley can do – the same things, but there's a big difference between Tyler Huntley and Lamar Jackson bow.
1: Yeah, there's a huge difference. Look, Lamar is a, a much better guy um as far as making plays with his legs. He's mm-hmm. he, you know, Huntley is Huntley is will run and he's, you know, but he's a little bit more in that pocket mold. But he right. but he can he can get outside of it and make plays. But I mean in twenty five carries this year, he's only got eighty seven yards compared to Lamar's only only got 112, but he's got almost 800. Um, yeah. So Lamar is a more dynamic runner. He's a more den. he's a he's a better he's a better passer. Um, Huntley in his in his starts this year, he's 25 of 42 for 226 with no touchdowns a to pick. And he's only completing uh, he's completing under 60 percent of his passes. And I'm like that's not a small sample size. And uh, but this is a team that was playing pretty well when he took over. So for some of the things that people talk about with Lamar um, and his limitations as a quarterback, he's still a lot better than a Tyler Huntley.
0: Yeah, I mean, way, way. I mean, he, he's no, it's no shade to Tyler Huntley, but he is an, an obvious upgrade over Tyler Huntley. You obviously want Lamar Jackson in there over uh, Tyler Huntley. So Lamar Jackson currently questionable. On the injury report, JK Dobbins also questionable. He's been playing though these past couple of weeks. He probably should play. Uh Claes Campbell also questionable as well. So we'll keep an eye on the statuses of those guys as we move throughout the week. But when you uh when you look at it though, Bo, even though the Ravens, you know, they're right in it. They're nine and five, but they've had their own struggles this season. Uh, when you just look at the, the the team overall, if you look at their last five games, they've been turning on a little bit, three and three and two in their last five, and they won their last matchup versus uh, the Panthers with Tyler Huntley. But this is a team that honestly hasn't been as explosive as you think they would be. Now, they've had some injuries. J.K. Dobbins has missed a lot of this year. Mark Andrews has missed a little time, and obviously Lamar Jackson um, has missed uh, the past couple of games. But still you would think with the weapons that they have they would be averaging more than 21.7 points per game the falcons right now average more points per game than the than the baltimore ravens believe it or not now the ravens defense has been very good this year only um giving up 18.8 points per game now they will give up some yardage 355 so a, a lot like the uh a lot like the falcons um. Well, actually, excuse me. They're uh, only they're only giving up, they're only giving up three hundred. They're give only giving up three hundred forty six yards. I was looking at the wrong number, but still, a lot like the Falcons in the fact where they'll they'll bend, but they won't necessarily break. Now the Falcons are giving up three hundred eighty eight, so there's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah. But the point being, um, that you know they they can give something up to you, um, but you got to finish when you get in the red area, and the Falcons haven't been too good at that.
1: Yeah, but look, look, this defense is they're they might bend in the passing game, but they are they are top three against the run mm-hmm. um they're one of the best third down defenses in the league they uh they create turnovers or they're, they're the sixth best defense as far as creating turnovers in the league um Their margin is plus seven this year, wow. and their defense is pretty good in that red zone area as you pointed out the bend don't break their passing defense might be weak, but this is still a top ten defense through and through um For the most part, I mean. So when you go through and look at total yards given up, they're tenth. They're against the run. They're third uh, scoring defense. They're tied for fourth. This is the top ten defense through and through for the most part, Uh, and that's uh, an unfortunate thing for us because yeah, (laughs) because we're a team that has not scored very well. We've had, you know, we want to run the ball, and we we ran the ball for a 231 yard clip last week, and we're coming in against to play a team that only gives up about 86 a game. So. It's going to be another one of those situations where it's matchup and how these coordinators come out. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is a defense that doesn't play us a lot like the Steelers did early. Yeah. Where they feel that they're probably more, a little bit more vulnerable. This defense though has better guys in the, in the back end, you know, with a guy like Marlon Humphrey and um, you know Kyle Hamilton's a rookie, uh, but he's a guy that, is, you know is, is like he's coming off a game where he had a, a sack a couple of tackles for loss some pass break up. so you know Marcus Peters isn't a scrub I'm not sure what the status of him is I know he did
0: play some last week but he's um, not and- on the Baltimore sorry to interrupt he's not on the Baltimore injury report as far as uh, I can see on, on ESPN it doesn't mean he's not dealing with something but currently right now it doesn't mean he can't show up on the injury report but Currently, right now, it doesn't look like he's on the injury report. But. Well,
1: I say that because guy on my on my notes and on my mm-hmm. chart, uh, guys that have been injured or have been playing through injuries or have missed parts of games and, and, yep. and time uh, are, are, are in a different uh, their boxes is, um, is different colored. It's, it's a different shade, right? So that that indicates that they haven't played mm-hmm. or um, they've, they've been,
0: missed some time at some they, point. Yeah,
1: there's something going on with them. So that's why I say that. Um, but. But you go to the offensive side, and you know I, I believe uh, well, I I don't believe uh, Devin uh, Duvernay is been one of their better um, their better players this year yeah. uh, on He's offense on one of their better weapons. He went on IR, and so now they're kind of stuck with Deshaun Jackson, who hasn't been with the team that long this year, and Demarcus Robinson, and then of course Mark Andrews is is probably uh, top six, five, four tight end in the league. He's obviously yeah. behind Kittle and Kelsey, and that. That group but they're still good up front so this is an offense that still wants to run the ball and unfortunately we've been garbage the last <laughs> month and a half at, 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 at run defense so you know this is uh this is gonna be a dogfight, uh and and we've gotta we've gotta hang in there and, and capitalize and play clean football
0: yeah, if Lamar Jackson does play, and I want to switch over to the offensive side of the ball for the Falcons in just a second, um, but if Lamar Jackson does play, there have been times where, you know, guys don't do the best job at setting the edge. We cannot afford to have that on, on Sunday. We just simply cannot afford for guys to not set the edge on Sunday because, I mean, Lamar Jackson can make a play anywhere, but... You got to make sure you're on your P's and Q's and don't give him obvious running lanes if he does play on Sunday. So that's going to be a big thing. I don't want to get too, too much into it because this is only, you know, a first look. But staying broad and and switching to the offensive side of the football for the Atlanta Falcons, I have to say, I am optimistic about what the Falcons will will be able to do in the run game just because of what they've been able to do in the running game all season, whether it's against stacked boxers or not. And Arthur Smith actually talked about you know why they've been able to have success against stacked boxes and you know he's basically you know saying you know it's all 11 guys doing their job and you know things of that nature but the Falcons have shown me this year that their stacked boxes don't necessarily affect them now you know Ravens still have a very good uh, like you said they have a very good uh, personnel when it comes to defense and you know anything can happen it's any given Sunday but If we're just looking at the numbers, the Falcons have been able to run on pretty much any and everybody they face this season. So I feel pretty good about that. So you have to think, Bo, if the Falcons and again, I feel like this has been the story of the season, if they can, you know, muster up any sort of success in the passing game, then you have to think that they have a pretty good shot on Saturday. Yeah,
1: sure. I mean, it's great. I mean, we've ran against stacked <laughs> boxes, but we've also lost what four of the last five, or five of the last six, or something like that. So, True. I mean, you got to hope Tyler Huntley plays and turns the ball over, and you got to right. hope you can come up with a run defense because if not, yeah. it doesn't look very, very bright for this yep. team. Um, their strengths are 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 your weaknesses, mm. and your strengths are their strengths. Yeah, and, and when you look at the yeah. matchups, yeah, so. You're gonna have to. The the one positive I would say is they're not very good reds on offense, and you saw that last week against Cleveland. They're not a very good reds on offense. They haven't been all year. They're 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 28th in the league, and they turned the ball over last week. So you got to hope that Huntley plays, and they give you some, and you're able to you know claw out a victory uh, on a day that's gonna be it's gonna feel like it's seven degrees. So. Yeah, it's a, cold. It's be a lot going on. Cold. It's not, it's, this is this is going to be a tough game.
0: Yeah, no, it, it is most definitely going to be a tough game, and it's going to get that much more tougher if Lamar Jackson does end up playing again. Right now, looks like he's questionable um, for Saturday, so we'll see if uh, if Lamar plays. I mean, you got the Baltimore Ravens are still you know fighting for playoff positioning and their playoff lives at nine and five. So I mean, hey. Technically, we are, too. Not technically, we are, too. So, you know, we're, we're still in things, too. So, you know, everybody's trying to play and uh, put their best foot forward. So we'll see if that, that means we see Lamar Jackson. But that is going to wrap things up for this Wednesday edition, the Hump Day edition of Peachtree Football. We will talk to you guys again on Friday on Christmas Eve Eve. And we will give you a full preview of Falcons versus Ravens. Again, like both said, it's going to be cold. You know, it's going to be a tough smash mouth type of game. And we'll, we'll get you guys ready for it and tell you everything you need to know about this matchup. But for now, we will talk to you guys on Wednesday. Make sure you like this podcast, download Peachtree Football, subscribe to Peachtree Football wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcasts, Peachtree Football is there. So, again, we will talk to you all on Friday. We will give you a full preview of Falcons versus Ravens. But until we talk to you guys then, peace. AT, 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 AT,
1: AT,